I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hello, welcome to the Curator Podcast. This is episode 41. Hi, hello, welcome once again, dear listener, to the Curator Podcast. I am your host, Mark Fraser, and this is episode number 41. On this episode, I have a very special guest, Mr. Ross Barber-Smith from Bridge the Atlantic. Now, when I first started this podcasting journey, I had no idea that there were other Scottish podcasters out there. There's absolutely no way that that podcasting would exist solely in America. I hadn't come across any podcast which dealt with the kind of things that I was interested in, which is, you know, music and creativity. Not long after I started this podcast, through the wonderful thing that is Twitter, Ross started following it and he has been probably one of the first audience members that listened to the podcast that was not a friend of mine and that was a pretty cool feeling. And it also I was also buoyed by the fact that not only did he like this podcast, but he actually comes from a particularly awesome podcast all of his own. And if you haven't heard it already... I do thoroughly recommend it. It's an awesome listen. And him and his co-host Marcio talk to some of the most interesting creative people that there are, I guess. Anyway, after we did this interview, we had a good long ramble about stuff and end up getting home a lot later than I thought, which, you know, sometimes these things happen. You need to make allowances for life. So that's kind of why this is late. There was also a slight technical issue, which I'm not going to dwell on really too much. It's spoken about pretty much straight away in the interview. So, yeah, listen out for that. It's the first time it's ever happened to me. And, yeah, it was it was, it was was off-putting, to say the least. But you know what? We started a great chat, and I really enjoyed Ross's company. And I really do hope we get to do a part two sometime again soon, because I thoroughly enjoy talking to him. And, yeah, he's just an awesome guy who... He's got a lot of experience in the music industry. Uh, and he's worked with a lot of artists and as I found out afterwards we we share a lot of the same opinions on how people should act in the music industry so yeah I hope you enjoy this interview I've asked them to pick two songs for this interview so I'm going to open up with one of them now the first one is called The River Has Run Wild and it's by Mads Langer and this is the live version so yeah cracking tune 
I hope you enjoy it.
Let's just let's just let's just get it out there. Let's just put it out there. That's the second time. This is number two attempt number two because we, we had an issue. Well, this is one of the joys of podcasting. Has that ever happened to you before? Um, probably. Uh, oh, but actually, yeah, we lost the whole episode of Bridge the Atlantic because uh, we were doing because we do video and audio. We had this is a special episode we did. It was a Valentine's Day special where we basically got guests to come on and share some really embarrassing Valentines or romance related stories um, and yeah we lost the entire episode because everything was out of sync so like I was doing the introduction and then all of a sudden something from 20 minutes in the episode would come through so someone would start laughing as I'm introducing a guest and I'm like this isn't right but there was nothing we could do because it was all one audio file so it was just a complete mess so it has happened um, and actually as a result we're never doing any special episodes ever again so well I'm glad that I'm not the only one I feel a lot better now so, Ross from Bridge Atlantic, once again, how are you doing? I'm doing good, how are you? I was doing much better until about five minutes ago, and um, now I want to cry, if I'm honest. Well, <laughs> that's okay. Um, like I said, these things happen. We're going to take two. It's going to be, it's gonna be let's, good. Let's play on, let's go. Uh, so, I'm, not, I'm reticent to ask this question, because I've already asked it. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of need to go, we need to roll with the punches a little bit here. Um, Bridge Atlantic, how did it all start and why? Um, well, basically, uh, well, the show is myself and my co-host Marcio. He's a, a singer-songwriter from Canada, um, and we actually worked together on his website a while ago. Um, and we found that we got on really well, and we would um, we would end up talking on Skype for hours. Like, you know, he'd call me for a question about his website. Three hours later, we'd be like, "Oh, we should probably stop talking now and actually get on with what we were supposed to be doing." But then once the website was finished, we didn't really have so much reason to be talking to each other. Um, and I did a podcast interview with someone, and they asked me to recommend a guest, and I recommended Marcio. And straight after that interview, he called me, and he was like, we need to do a podcast. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do a podcast. How hard can it be? Um, and he's like, but I want to do video. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do video. Um, and uh, yeah, we just kind of took it from there we, we came up with a list of people that we wanted to interview some that we already knew and some that we wanted to to get to know um, recorded a batch of maybe 15 in one go uh, and then just put it out there and, and it's been it's been a rocky road it's been for the most part it's been really good uh, but there have been challenges technical mostly um, but yeah we're having a lot of fun most of the time you have a I just realised you have a booking system which is great that people can, oh, yeah, yeah, can we book do. on um, yeah. did that come about out of necessity? Um, I think actually it just came out because when I've been interviewed in other people's podcasts I've liked the fact that I could pick a time it saves the whole email back and forth I think initially actually we didn't have a calendar 
but then after trying to book like 10 interviews all at once it was getting too confusing as to who had what slot and what slots we actually had available so uh, yeah it's definitely coming useful uh, when people remember to choose their time zone <laughs> we have had a problem where people haven't picked the right time zone and then they've messaged us six hours earlier before the interview and like I'm ready I'm like the interview's not for six hours <laughs> um, but no we always remember to tell people that but it's definitely coming handy definitely uh, I had a question that just went right out of my head so I'll move on to something else and maybe come back to it um, so having like people so do, I guess do you book guests as well or is it mostly just now people that just kind of come and want to be on for the most part we contact them um, we have we have a spreadsheet of people that that we want to interview um, and I've also got a list on Twitter of potential guests uh, a private list so no one knows if they're on it um, uh, Stalking them, yeah, to see what they're up to, and then pouncing on the right uh, time. Um, we do get quite a lot of submissions from people that want to be on the show as well, but we are quite picky. Like we, we, it has to be someone that we are interested in because we don't want to have someone on that we don't care about because it's just not really going to be a genuine kind of conversation. Um, so no, both Marcio and I both email people that we want to have on and, and just see who comes back and. Most people are receptive. Uh, you do get a few people that know, you know, I don't really understand the point in doing a podcast, and they're like, okay, well, you're probably not the kind of person we want anyway, then, yeah. so that's fine. Um, but no, it's uh, it's fun. I've never, I've never had that. I've never had um, someone saying, well, I've had people saying, well, agents and stuff like that saying they can't, that people can't do interviews for whatever reason. Usually much bigger artists, which is kind of fair enough, I guess. Um, I have had a couple of weird things happen where people have asked me my listener numbers. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw you post that um, in one of our podcast groups on Facebook. Yeah, I still, I still find that frankly offensive, if I'm honest. Um, and in that discussion that you were part of, like people were saying, "Well, you should just do it," or and I'm like, "Well, really? Do I have to, like you don't want to do it, or you don't want to do it, you know?" And, yeah. And if if you've not relayed the person that's probably said that, I think. Hasn't relayed to the get to, to the artist that this could be a thing they want to do, which I think is also probably unhelpful because there's a good chance there might be good opportunities for them that's just getting binned for superfluous reasons. Yeah. So, you know. Um, but I do echo your sentiments about people that you are interested in. But I think that's totally valid. Like, first of all, it's your thing, so obviously you're going to want, to want it to be the best it can be. Um, but not only that, you're. Don't want it, it will be flat otherwise if you've talked to somebody that you don't know um, which does lead me to my point which I forgot which I've never remembered is, do, you do, a, do you do a lot of research on your guests before you, before you talk to them? Um, yeah we do um, <clears throat> I, I hope Marcia doesn't mind me saying but I'm the researcher um, for better or for worse uh, sometimes my research is wrong um, <laughs> when I tell people they've released 11 albums and they've only released 4 <laughs> or the other way around I can't remember um but no, we try and do quite a bit of research. I mean, generally, we'll only invite people on the show if we kind of already know a bit about them. Sometimes when we get a publicist email us, like they'll they'll send us a kind of an overview of what they're doing, and if, and if we think that there's a couple of points there that are really interesting, then I'll I'll say yeah, let's have them on, and then I need to dig a little deeper, stalk their Facebook and Twitter profiles and uh, and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't have like set questions as such. Like we have a few bullet points that we want to touch on. Um, so we do have background knowledge of them but you know with podcasts it should at least it should be just a conversation and you kind of go with the flow and if something interesting comes up you follow it 
um, but you have those points to come back to if you you know if you get stuck um, but yeah quite a bit of research so probably spend about half an hour to an hour researching each guest I think that's what I do as well a lot of people when you speak to them seem to be quite taken aback by that it's like well I want it to sound good and I'm pretty sure you do too you don't, yeah, want, you exactly. don't want some bobag asking random questions you know like, you could answer any you could find the answer to pretty much a lot of questions in bands if you just google yeah. you know where does your band name come from or who's your biggest influence if you can't hear your biggest influence right enough then you're, you probably shouldn't be talking to them but, <laughs> um, but yeah uh, so you do like a whole bunch of different creative professionals which is awesome um, was that always the goal of the podcast when you first started with Marcel was it like this is, this is what we're definitely doing these kind of people yeah um, I think kind of when we initially started talking about it well, it was just musicians and then we thought well no because there's so many different creative professions and I think everyone can learn something from everyone so whether that's like a photographer or a producer or an actor or, or whatever it is there's, gonna, there's always going to be something that they can teach you regardless of what you do that you can take away from it and and it's funny like some of the, the interviews that I've enjoyed the most have been the ones that aren't musicians even though that was kind of the original aim uh, sometimes it, there's a lot of things you can learn from you know authors or um, filmmakers that applies to music or other creative professions as well and I think that I think you're totally right there there's, there's no the part of the whole purpose of this podcast is to get into people's creative processes because I, for a long time, up until very recently actually, somebody said something to me the other day and I, I've been I've really changed my outlook. Um, but until very recently, I've been very confused as to how and why I am the way I am, and it's not really the, it's not really so much I want to understand where it came from, but I think it helps. I, th- I thought it would help me if I knew how other people operate, mm-hmm. which is. Not the case, really, if I'm honest. <laughs> because everyone's so vastly different, yeah. you know, and it's, it's proved slightly insightful, but I just have more fun talking to people, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess I need to stop kidding to myself that I'm, <laughs> now that I'm like, I just want to have a chat with that person, because, like, yourself, you know, I've been following your podcast, you're one of the first people who followed me on Twitter, and that's cool as fuck, and I've, and now we're here, face to face, having this I chat. Know. For the second time. <laughs> for the second time. Stop saying that. <laughs> um, I know, it's 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 funny. Um, like, uh, I've met so many people through podcasting. Some some who I've now met in person. Uh, others I've not met in person, but I communicate with a lot through email, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Um, and it's just, it's it's been a really good way of, of meeting new people. And, and uh, a good kind of excuse, I guess, to have a conversation with someone that you wouldn't normally have a reason to talk to like I find that there's a lot of people that I I speak to on Twitter and it's like I would love to sit down and have a conversation whether in person or over Skype or or whatever but I don't really have a reason like because you can't really just say hey can we talk on the phone for no real reason (laughs) it's like I mean some people might say yes um, but if you say oh I'd love to have a conversation with you on my podcast you know one you get to have a conversation with them two they get to share a story and three it gives them a little bit of exposure to an audience that they may not have you know had exposure to um and that's been really 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 cool and um yeah i I just love all the connections that we've made since we started so we've done almost 100 interviews and almost all of them have been great (laughs) uh i mean great in the way 
you know, great guests. I'm not going to say that we were great interviewers because I definitely have noticed a change since we first started to now. But um, a change for the a change for the better. I hope so. Uh, yeah, I think we definitely feel a lot more comfortable now than we did um, initially. We were kind of very nervous. But now I think because we've done so many, it's like we've we've had so many problems, like technical problems and and things that have gone wrong. That I think you kind of need those things to happen to feel more comfortable in what you're doing. And um, I definitely feel now we're a lot more relaxed with our guests. We have much more uh, kind of relaxed conversations like you would have with a friend, even though this person we've never met before, first time we're speaking to them. Um, yeah, I can't remember where I was going with that at all. You might be able to tell. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Um, yeah, so, well, the scheduling thing, I guess, that gives you the opportunity to, to batch stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talked before, I don't know if it was before we started, before we started recording or whatever, but we're talking about burnout. Yeah. And if you, is that one of the, one of the kind of, have you felt that at any point? Having the continual weekly, um, it's yeah. always there. It's like it's always on your shoulder. You know what I mean? Kind of. I mean, we we definitely go through like kind of ups and down kind of cycles. Uh, sometimes not at the same time. So sometimes like Marcio needs to talk me down, or I need to talk him down, uh, because it can be quite overwhelming. Because I think we just didn't realise how much work podcast was going to be, and I think because we've added video into the mix, it, it overcomplicates things a little bit. But saying that, I like that we've got the video element to it. Um, Oh no, when we first started, I read uh, John Lee Dumas' book, uh, I can't remember what it's called, Podcast Launch, I think, um, and, and he stressed the importance of having a lot of episodes recorded in advance so that if anything happens, you've got that to fall back on. And that's definitely come in handy for us because um, Marcio had a death in the family uh, probably about a year ago and we did have a batch of episodes recorded. So, you know, it was easier for us to say, you know, take time off, I'll handle the scheduling of the existing episodes and, and all that stuff take time off we'll come back to this we're good we've, we've got episodes in, you know, in line um, and then when, when he came back we only had I think one episode recorded and that was a bit stressful uh, so we, we managed to get that back up uh, and we had I think about 20 episodes recorded in advance um, and we knew we needed to do that because I was getting married and Marcio was recording a second album so we're like we need to take probably a month maybe longer off um, and now we're back and we have like four episodes ready so um, we definitely we definitely feel more relaxed when we've got lots of episodes recorded and edited we don't have that whole ah we need to record another episode this week otherwise you know we're only two weeks ahead of ourselves and I get that <laughs> it, it can be really it can be scary because we don't want to compromise the quality of our show by inviting someone on just to fill an episode you know it has to be someone that we're interested in and if we've got episodes recorded in advance, then we've got that flexibility to say, you know, we don't have, we can't do an interview this week, but that's okay. We're not going to rush and get someone. We're going to wait until we can get one of the people that's on our list on the show. Um, so yeah, I can't stress the importance of if you're starting a podcast, have episodes recorded in advance because otherwise you'll probably will burn out and you'll you'll be like, I don't want to do this anymore because even with episodes in advance, we have felt like that. Um, but it definitely relieves the stress a little bit. I did start off with, when I did begin, I did, all, I did record like 10 interviews in advance. I had, I had a luxury of time at that point. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't yeah. the train of content, which just does not stop ever. Um, 
but it, it kind of occurred to me when you're when you're talking there is like you've had, also had a lot of podcasters on the show, um, and burnout is a thing that we must all face. Yeah. Um, have you seen lots of podcasters like so, uh, have people that you know that have run even quite long podcasts? Have, have they ever? Did they get over that? Is that an ebb and flow thing? Do you know, or what would you I say? Mean, I think it's a bit of an ebb and flow thing. I mean, I have seen a lot of podcasts come and go. Like since I've started podcasting, I kind of pay attention to it a bit more, like what everyone else is doing. And there's been shows that I've been on, and, and even shows that ran for a long time, like maybe had like 60, 70 episodes, and they've just stopped because it became too much. I don't know if it's maybe because they've got other things that have taken priority over the podcast, and they feel like they can't give it all the time that it needs. I definitely see that. Um, I do see people like take a break from podcasting for a while, and, and they plan on coming back, but they haven't come back yet. Um, and that's just one thing that I feel that, for us, I feel that if we were to take a break... I'm not sure if we would go back. Like, I mean, because we enjoy doing it. Like, we we do really enjoy doing it, but it's so much work. And I think that we would probably get used to having that time that's not spent doing podcast stuff, and we maybe wouldn't come back. So, I'm scared of that. So, I want to make sure we keep doing it every week because uh, I feel the consistency is, you know, one of the ways that you grow and you keep an audience. And um, yeah, I, I'd be too scared that we would lose that. It's like I guess everything's got to be a routine, otherwise life fills in the gaps for you usually yeah and that's why we've got our set podcast day which is Tuesday that's the day that we record our interviews uh, there are some exceptions if people can't do a Tuesday we'll, you know, we'll maybe try and accommodate but Tuesday is the day that the new episodes go up we record episodes we schedule all our tweets and we post on Facebook send out our newsletter all that stuff and I think we, we made the mistake before of not having a set day so it ended up being pretty much every day Marcia and I were on Skype and it would be like two hours of, of our day and I, I wasn't getting any work done. Uh, mostly just because Marcio and I get on so well that when we start talking, we'll just go off and sidetrack, like we'll veer off completely and we'll end up talking about non-podcast stuff, realise it's been two hours uh, and that we actually had shit we needed to do, um, both for the podcast and otherwise. Um, so no, we had that set day, that's our routine now, it's Tuesday, it's Brazil Atlantic Day and you know that's pretty much all we do on a Tuesday. I was wondering, because you're also freelance and web designer, have the two sort of intersected in terms of um, I don't know, getting, getting listeners, getting fans, uh, getting guests and getting work? Does, are those things, have those things kind of came together that how long you've been doing? Uh, yeah, I mean, initially, quite a few of our guests were clients of mine. Um, because I'd spoken to them so much already is that I know that they had really good stories to share and that they were doing really interesting things. So it's like, I know that I can get these people on because we're already friends and it'll be great. Um, I've had a couple of guests then kind of do like, the, everything in reverse. Like We've had a chat on the podcast and then they've contacted me because they want a website, which is great. I've had some people that, some clients of mine, check out the podcast. They've uh, been, as, you know, they're patrons of ours on Patreon. Um, so yeah, it kind of all has crossed over a little bit, but that's something I'm noticing in my life in general is that everything is crossing over, and the more people that we interview on our podcast, the more we realise how connected everyone is. It's insane. The people that we speak to, I'm like, for example, we just interviewed a, a girl called Maggie Zabel, and I went on her Facebook page to find out that she is doing a songwriting... Um, it's not like some kind of songwriting workshop where they go to Santorini, Amsterdam and Berlin and one of my clients is also there 
and I and I mentioned this to her before we started the interview. I was like, "Oh, you're you're going to be with one of my clients." Like, oh, who's that? And I told her, and she's like, it's "So funny, we've literally just been texting each other." And she's like, "I'm going to I'm going to send him a, uh, a photo of our Skype screen right now." Uh, and I was like, "It's just crazy how connected everyone is." You get that? You do get that? I think, um, and the networking that you get through doing a podcast is pretty incredible. One thing I was wondering is, um, given that you're a Scottish podcaster, uh, like there's not really a lot of us. In the grand scheme of things, yeah, there's not, there's um, not. Have you seen? But you've been doing it for a while. Have you seen the community? Well, first of all, I think the podcast community in and of itself is a lot more supportive than many other communities. But I don't know if that's just because it's in its, in its infancy. I mean, I know it's been going for like ten years, but the explosion's very much in its infancy. Yeah. But what I also wonder is, um, have you seen the Scottish one grow? Um, yes, I know. I mean, I think I think I've just seen it grow in general. I can't really say Scotland specifically. I mean, I could probably count the number of Scottish podcasters that I'm that I'm familiar with on one hand. Maybe more. Okay, maybe two hands. Um, no, I mean, it is definitely a very supportive community. I would like to know more Scottish podcasters. I think, um, you know, there's so many great, like, digital meetup groups. Um, I think it would be great for there to be a podcast one in Scotland because we can all learn from each other and we can all share our stories, our frustrations, our successes and and all that stuff. I mean, it's great, you know, having Facebook groups to do that, but I think, you know, actually meeting up with other podcasters, putting faces to the names would be really a really cool thing. So maybe maybe this is the start of it. Maybe we'll maybe we'll uh, kick that off. I just had a light bulb moment there. Is there a, is there a Scottish Facebook, Scottish podcasters Facebook group? Not that I know of. Oh. That has to happen. That has to happen. <laughs> Give ourselves more work. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then, I think it'd be good to have that. Like it happens a lot in America, and it happens with maybe to Europe as well. Podcasters coming together and, yeah. and having a hi. You know, I'm this guy, and I do this thing, and I quite like this thing. And I quite like your thing, so maybe we could do a thing together. Yeah. Um, which has actually already happened to me because I was on another podcast, and now we maybe do a thing together, which is great. You know, maybe I don't know. Every single time I say something on this podcast, it may happen. It never fucking happened. <laughs> um, the amount of times I've done an interview and then someone's like, who's your next interview? And I've said, oh, it's going to be this person. And then it's just never happened. So yeah. I've always just fucked it. I've just fucked everything. Uh, well, I mean, one thing I've learned, and this is just in general, is don't announce things until yeah. they're done. So, for example, if you've got like a guest lined up on your podcast, don't announce that to the world until the interview is recorded and then say, we've got this person coming up. Because you will jinx it. Yeah. It's happened to us before, and then like someone that that was confirmed, but then had to cancel at the last minute, and then we've just never been able to reschedule. Um, it's happened a few times, and it's disappointing, and you feel like you've kind of uh, misled your audience, even though you haven't, because because you, you did have it lined up, it just hasn't actually happened. Yeah, that, I, I'm really bad for doing that. Uh, I really need to stop doing that, but. If, I guess now that you've been doing the podcast for over well over a year now, yeah, be a year and a half, yeah, yeah. Um, have you found that? Oh, well, your audience is obviously growing, yeah. Um, Hope so. <laughs> and because you do the video podcasting as well, how is this audience? What's the audience bit like? Because I, I I never listen to podcasts on YouTube, but I do go on YouTube a lot to watch videos. Yeah. Uh, and so, what's your audience bit like between like iTunes and well, not iTunes, but you know, audio and video? I mean. Because the video that we have is not just the audio with pictures, it is actually like us on camera interacting with each other. I think I, I, I kind of feel in some ways calling us a podcast is not quite right. Like I definitely think the audio version on iTunes is a podcast, definitely. But 
I guess in some ways it's more like an interview talk show on YouTube. Um, so it kind of varies from episode to episode, but I would say YouTube is definitely where most of our viewers and uh, our audience is. But I think that's just because we push that side more than we push the audio. Um, it would be an interesting experiment, you know, to try and, and push one more than the other one week just to see what happens. But I think most of our subscribers are on YouTube, so I think that's probably where we're going to get most of the the audience. You don't really see a lot of podcasts like yours on YouTube, um, especially coming from this side of the world. Mm-hmm. A lot of Americans, well, some Americans do it, but when Marcio decided he wanted to do the video thing, do you know why he decided that, or was it just was there a particular reason behind that? Or um, I think it was more because not many people were doing it, and he was, and he felt that that would give us uh, a unique kind of selling point. It certainly does, I would agree. And yeah, I think I think it does. I mean, I do see I do see a few others that have it, not any with three because we've got like the two of us and one guest. So I think that kind of gives it a unique thing. I mean, I do see some like split screen ones. Like I I was on one, the Music Biz Weekly. Um, that's all done video as well but um, I think it was partially that and also because the guests that we wanted to have on we felt would they would attract an odd, a, a viewing audience um, because we've got like musicians and actors that are relatively established but not like big big names but like they're relatively established in the way that people would want to watch an interview with them um, but they don't necessarily do like TV interviews, so this would kind of give them a platform to do that, and uh, and for their audience to actually see them rather than just listen to them. So, for the most part, I think it works. I think it works. I, I only, like I said, I don't listen, uh, watch it on YouTube. I listen to it on, on well, Player FM because that's what I have. I'm not an Apple guy, uh, but I, I do find it really interesting the audio, the, the audio and video split because I would like to do it, but the nature of this podcast, as you can tell, <laughs> doesn't quite lend itself to that kind of thing. Um, so let's let you also are quite active in the music industry, um, and you, you do a lot of work for music clients. When was your first? Can you remember your first? Let's get back, getting back to basically what this podcast is kind of about. Yeah. Um, when was your first interaction that you remember with with music? See, I really regret telling you the story the first time around because now I feel I have to tell it the second time around. I want to hear it again. Or, um, <laughs> or it's going to be a bit of a cop-out. It's, it's, good, it's a good story, though. I, I'll, 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 I'll say that beforehand. I've heard it. It's great. You'll love it. It might not be that good the second time around, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, I mean, my first... It's endearing is what I mean. My first... Well, thank you. <laughs> my first encounter with music, other than the music my parents listened to, uh, was with everyone's favourite girl group, the Spice Girls. I mean, I don't think you can find anyone that that there's our kind of age that didn't listen to them. I mean, most people probably won't admit that now. I, I don't care. I'll admit it. It's fine. Um, you just went there. <laughs> so I wanted to be in the Spice Girls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my friend Danny and my sister uh, and I and a bunch of random people that. Uh, I guess we're Danny's friends, but like, we were kind of we wanted to make this band. None of us play an instrument, but we also didn't know how to say no to anyone that wanted to join. <laughs> so we ended up just being this like collective of seven people that didn't play instruments and didn't really sing that well. So we would we would all gather around a tape recorder in Danny's house and just record these songs that we'd written. And sometimes we'd take songs that were like theme songs from things and just pretend that we'd written them and, <laughs> and record them. Um, and we thought we were really good. So uh, back in the day when MTV used to play m- music. They also had a teletext, like, classified ads thing. Um, so I took it upon myself to uh, post an ad on teletext 
I can't remember how it was done. I think I must have had to write a letter and send it because this is back way before the internet was really a thing. And I said, you know, seven-piece uh, young band uh, write all their own songs. Um, looking for manager must like children because we were all like ten years old. And um, worryingly, we got quite a few responses from uh, apparent record labels that wanted to meet with us, and they invited us over to like Germany and uh, London and all these places. Um, and yeah, my parents found out, and they weren't too pleased. Um, so that was kind of that was back when I really decided that I wanted to be a performer. Um, and I went to like a, a weekend theatre school in Inverness, where I grew up. Um, and did some kind of some music and some acting and we won't talk about the dancing because I am the worst dancer in the world uh, so yeah I kind of, so I had I really had a taste for performing I really wanted to do it so I decided to do uh, popular music performance at uni so I studied at Perth College um, and got my degree in that and uh, all through that I thought yeah I wanted to be a performer and then I was like mm, I want to be a vocal coach and a performer and then in my last year, my band performance fell apart completely. Um, my band didn't really learn the songs, so it kind of fell apart completely on stage. I scraped that. I scraped a pass literally by like 1%. But annoyingly, I would have got first-class honours if it wasn't for that, because I was 1% off getting first-class honours. I feel you there, by the way. I totally feel you there. Ah, uh, it's devastated. Um, so that, that, I think... That experience just really kind of knocked my, my confidence as a performer and I thought, you know, maybe the performing side's not for me. Um, but luckily, the same year, I did a promotion and marketing class, which was um, basically we were kind of left to our own devices to do whatever we wanted, really. Um, so I decided I'm going to design a site, promote myself as a singer-songwriter, and my aim is to get 100 people to sign up from a mailing list and I'm going to promote it through social media. So I did that, ended up doing much better than I expected and thought maybe this is the kind of direction that I should go in. Um, and I'd already been designing websites since I was like 12. And again, my friend Danny from our little band from when we were 10, she, uh, she was designing websites at that point too. And I thought, well, if you're designing a website, now I want to design a website and kind of had this competitive thing going on. Um, and yeah, so after uni, I um, worked in a call centre job. After that, I worked for an online marketing company, um, which wasn't really my, my thing. I mean, I, it was interesting. I learned quite a lot of stuff, but I was doing some freelancing on the side. And when, when they went through some staff changes at the, the company I worked at, it was kind of a good push for me to, to do my own thing. Um, so I did. Um, and that's kind of where I am. I mean, the thing about starting my own business was I kind of never really ever intended to do that. I thought that I, thought that I would leave uni and um, get a job with like a design company that already did stuff for musicians. Turns out not very many of them exist. And if they do, you know, it's really hard to get a job. So um, this all comes back to Twitter again. And which then also ties into college. So I was on Twitter one day um, while I was working at the call centre, I think, and um, an artist that I'd followed for years called Tara Naomi tweeted that she was looking for an intern in LA to help her with digital marketing. And I, very much out of character, thought, I'm going to get this. 
So I tweeted her and I was like, hey, I'm trying to remember word for word what I said. It's something like, hey, I'm in the wrong place, but I'm exactly who you're looking for. Email me. And she messaged me back and she's like, okay, have you got some examples of stuff you've done? And I, I sent her some examples of stuff I did at college and she was like, yeah, let's talk. And I was like, I was, a to- I was such a huge fan of hers as well because um, I'd followed her since MySpace and she was the first YouTube star, really. Like, she was the first kind of breakout YouTube star. Um, and I performed one of her songs at college. I messaged her in year three of my degree because I was doing protest songs as my uh, project and one of her songs called um, Something Good to Show You, um, which is kind of a very vague protest song. But I was like, I love this song, I have to do it. So I messaged her and I was like, oh, would you mind if I did this song in my degree? And she messaged back and said, oh, I'd be so flattered for you to do that, that'd be amazing. Um, and yeah, and then she ends up being the first music client that I work with um, all through Twitter. And we're still really good friends. Um, she's been over here a few times. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. I actually organized one of her gigs in Glasgow a very last minute gig because uh, the venue we originally booked told me two weeks before that they were double booked uh, so I had to find a replacement venue and do all this stuff um, but yeah she was my first client just that, that one tweet uh, I'm going to sound really dramatic well not dramatic but it's going to sound really kind of overly sentimental but that tweet like literally changed my life because she has introduced me to people who have then introduced me to other people and then other people have found me through the work that I've done with them and it's just crazy like because so out of character especially for me at that point I was so shy and you know if she had suggested doing a Skype call I probably would have had a heart attack because I'd be like no I can't do a Skype call I can't do that Um, but no it it literally like that's she started it all I'm so like incredibly grateful to her for that the whole the whole journey is just super inspiring particularly for people who do what we do podcasters you know because it's it's like a lot of times when you're on when you're online, you feel like you're shooting into the void. But mm. I think it just takes a little bit of a little bit of time and care to get people to say, "Hey, what's up?" You know. And I don't think it's dramatic at all to say that's changed your life, man. Because it clearly it's, well, it has. Yeah, obviously, I mean, it's, it's it has. the truth. It really has. Um, and uh, and she's amazing. I mean, it's been interesting for me to kind of watch her journey because she's uh, she's someone that you know, like I said, she was the first YouTube breakout star. From that, she got signed to a major label. They messed up her album by trying to make her go in a direction she didn't want to go in, but she didn't know how to say no at that point. She felt like, I trust these people, this is, they're going to do what's right. The album flopped, she got dropped. She um, then had to kind of rebuild everything from scratch. And she's been really inspiring for me just to see someone pick themselves back up time and time again and kind of make things happen on their own and you know and I've not been and I've not had any you know bad things like that happen but it's inspiring to see someone who has done that and just kind of remind yourself you know I can do this by myself Uh, it's more challenging to do it by myself but at the same time it's more rewarding as well so I guess I guess 
it's, it's probably obvious, but I need to ask. I guess that makes you a really driven. You're a really driven person, then. I hope so. I mean, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, like everyone, I have my moments of self doubt, and I think I don't know if you've seen the graph that I think has been going around Facebook a lot about being an entrepreneur, and I don't call myself an entrepreneur. Cause I don't really think I am, uh, but I do think the graph relates to me a lot in that the day to day emotions of a, an entrepreneur. It's like you know one second it's like oh I'm so amazing and the next it's like oh I feel terrible this is all going really wrong and the next is like oh, I'm not so bad after all the next is like I can't do this anymore I want to quit and then the next is like yay something amazing happened this is great I, yeah I go through that at least like five times a day yeah. uh, it's very up and down it's, um, so I mean I'd like to think I'm driven I think um, I definitely have my moments where everything gets a bit overwhelming and I feel like things aren't going so great but then I just kind of think about what I have achieved myself in the last few years and that kind of re-inspires me a little bit to kind of keep going um, and I love the people I work with so you can't really beat that you do get, like, I get that as well I totally do get that and I, I, don't, I don't do anything nearly as, as interesting as you but um, I think it takes a lot for people I guess that are driven like us I guess to, to find the to find the anchor you know what I mean? That's always gonna that, that kind of brings you back down and makes you kind of go. You know what? I've done this shit already, and that shit is fucking. I'll, I'll, I'm so thankful I've done that. Yeah. You know, I was once told I shouldn't swear on podcast. It sounds really strange, but I can't help it. Well, I don't see a problem with it. I mean, <laughs> I I don't really swear all that much in general, but um, with the right guest on ours, it brings it out. Like our most recent episode, I swore more than anyone, which is a first. Uh, one of our past guests likes to count. The number of times that we each swear and like kind of I don't think she actually keeps a chart although it wouldn't surprise me because she's like so organized but uh yeah I dropped more f-bombs in my last episode than uh than any other guest and uh yeah can't be a good f-bomb but it gets back to the point is what is the anchor for you that kind of makes you go you know I, I can keep doing this because I've done this in the past what is that for you um I think I don't want to sound all narcissistic, but I mean, sometimes if I'm having a low day, uh, I kind of go back, I go onto my website and I have a look at my portfolio or my client list and just sort of think, I work with all these people, these people, you know, trusted in me to do a good job and they're happy with what I did. It's like, so that kind of, I think that kind of makes me think, you know, I'm not so bad after all. Uh, You know, if these people, you know, have have given me such a nice testimonial based on the work that I've done for them and we're still in contact that's I think that counts for something so I think that's the main thing that keeps me going um, and if that doesn't pull me out then I'm just like right fine Netflix we'll come back to this tomorrow yeah. because someday yeah some, some days are worse than others yeah. I think that's a good note to end it on to be honest um, I've, I've had an awesome time talking to you and it's been one of my favourites so far which is awesome cool. um is there anything you want to ask me, anything you want to say before I put a pen in this, as they say in the Lost Idea of All Time? Um, my, my question is, did this one record? <laughs> this one is definitely recorded and it's still going, but I'm starting to panic, which is one of the reasons why I want to wrap up. Okay, that is <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how much life a small battery's got in it. So. Yeah, let's, uh, let's preserve this. and uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's put it out there. But thanks very much for talking to me. It's cool, been thanks. an utter pleasure. No problem, thanks for having me. For me, as I said during the interview, for me that was probably one of the most inspiring conversations I've yet had. Ross has got a very quiet enthusiasm, which I really enjoy. And the fact that he's made so many contacts and done so much just through the medium of 
Twitter itself. That's not including all the other ways that he's made friends, particularly through his work in Bristol Atlantic. But the fact that he's able to do so and he's done a really startling, he's done a really good job of building a fan base for himself and his podcast is, I think, is wonderful. And should and it's really a testament to how powerful things like social media can be. I know that in this current day and age, the cynics and us all really like to put social media down, but I do think it has its purposes, and I do think when it is utilised effectively, like Ross and many other people use it, I think it can be a wonderful tool for connecting humans across the globe and... Ross and Bridge the Atlantic is an example of the great that social media can do and also the also a really great example of the power of podcasting. So yeah, we it's a probably a bit more technical than you're maybe used to on this podcast, but you know, I had a great chat talking to him and it was finally it was really good for me to finally sit down and actually have a chat with a podcaster. You know, I've not I mean I I had spoke to Jamie from Lo-Fi Podcast before, but he hadn't been doing it for as long as, as Ross has. You know, he's been doing it for over a year now, and it was just great to sit down and pick his brain and basically talk on the level about podcasting, and that was awesome. And to hear his own musical background is, yeah, that was endearing. I enjoyed that. It was really, really good. I hope you enjoyed our wee chat. I know that I certainly did. I'm going to play you out now with another song that Ross has chosen. This is by an artist who he mentioned, actually, in the interview. The artist is called Terra Naomi, and the song itself is called Say It's Possible. This is a really meaningful song to Ross because of what you just heard in the interview, so really, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Thank you very much for listening. If you could drop me a wee, if you could drop me a wee rating and review on iTunes, that'd be awesome. Or even just drop me an email and have a chat. Love talking to new people. But yeah, thanks very much for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye. I see the lights are turning I look outside The stars are burning Through this changing time It could been anything we want It's fine, salvation was just a passing thought It was just a passing thought Don't wait, act now This amazing offer lasts long It's only a chance to save the path we're on
to be frightened of and all the rest are wrong they know nothing about us they know nothing about us and though they say it's possible to me Takes so 